Hello, hello, dear listener. Um, my name is Daniel Swan. Thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast. This time, uh, this episode, we're talking all about Netflix, um, the video streaming service. What I love about it, films that are good on it, and we take a weird diversion down, uh, down memory lane. But before that, some 8-bit music, quickly... As the uh, intro uh, would have said, um, we're talking Netflix today. Uh, it's all about Netflix. My hope, um, in order to, you know, go a bit further with this podcast and, uh, and do some good with it, do some social good, use my platform, use this voice that I have to do some good in the world, uh, it's, to, it's to, to speak to people who, who don't have um, Netflix, to get Netflix. I want it to be um, a... Uh, an advert of sorts, um, a, a forty-five to sixty-minute-long advert um, about Netflix and extolling its virtues and, and giving you reasons why you should get on board with it. Um, I will say that where I say Netflix, um, I of course do mean some kind of streaming system. Um, I haven't tried all of them. Um, I'm also um, signed up to Amazon Instant Video, which is is very good as well. It seems to be slightly better in terms of getting good films slightly quicker. Uh, the Netflix, but it doesn't have, um, I don't think, as many. Oh, excuse me. And um, uh, yeah, TV-wise, uh, it's it's uh, lacking. I think is is the polite term. Uh, Amazon Instant Video, but it's very good as well. And obviously, there's a lot of other uh, bits and pieces out there um, that you could sign up to. But um, yeah, I, th- I think you should be on what, at least one of them, guys. Come on, I mean, really. Um, obviously, this isn't through Netflix. Netflix haven't in any way said. Hey Dan, um, you know we're aware that on a good day, uh, your your podcast can bring in listeners of anything from from you know two to to sometimes three people, uh, and we'd really like to to have that that listenership um, uh, on board uh, the Netflix wagon. Obviously, that's not what's happened um, because they couldn't give a shit, and nobody could give a shit. Um, but. I just think you know. It's, I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's a good thing to do because I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it, I've um, the wife and I have been signed up to, to Netflix for um, some years now, um, and uh, yeah, it it just makes everything better. It's 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 the situation where we we well in the UK at least we didn't we had the you know our main five channels, but we barely ever watched them um, because TV generally. Um, is Toss, and you'll know if you listen to my America um, uh, podcast as well, that uh, over here in the United States of America, um, it's pretty much similar. Um, There's just a lot of dross on, a lot of dross. The thing that struck me this morning, um, and it's not really something that I've ever um, kind of sat down and tried to watch before, but I thought once the wife had gone out, I thought, all oh, right, I'll have a little flick around on um, uh, some of the morning shows, like the kind of Good Morning America and the you know other ones. I don't know what the other ones are called. And they're a, they're all exactly the same. There's no difference between any of them. And b, they're all awful. There's no, there's no good option. It really, I think that's a, a very bad thing that there, there's no, there's no diversity to it. There's no, and I don't mean like. There should be a black person on it. It's like there's no diversity in terms of well, what kind of entertainment do you want? Do you want like four or five? There's a million of these weird looking kind of plastic faced people gurning wildly at whatever dross that they're talking about, um, which is, you know, it, we have that in, in the UK as well. Obviously, we have that in the UK. Um, it's kind of like a um, more polished less fun i suppose um good morning um with uh the schofield uh, and the willabooby but there's there's no there's nothing else there's no other things and i know 
you know that 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 is on kind of a little bit later so maybe that's a bad example but when it comes to like morning stuff like stuff that kids might watch or teenagers might watch before going to school and ultimately this is all just boiling down to another opportunity it it just kind of fades in and out every every few years i just get a, a wave a whiff of nostalgia um about the big breakfast um because i mean wasn't it the best if you if if you you were not a big breakfast watcher for whatever reason i'm not judging you who's going to judge you i'm not going to judge you but you owe it to yourself i mean you don't owe it to yourself don't watch any clips you wouldn't get it it wouldn't you know it's it's clearly a thing that's based purely um almost exclusively in uh nostalgia um and reminiscence but oh, big breakfast back in the day was was marvelous it was magical it, it just said hey you've woken up in the morning you might not really want to watch that much news you might not really care about the latest celebrity or skincare regime or what's going on in the soaps you might just want some solid gold solid gold entertainment that's maybe a little bit risky at times it's a little bit do-it-yourself it's a little bit anarchic i suppose um, which makes it sound awful, makes it sound like, hey, yeah, we're just breaking all the rules here at the Big Breakfast. Um, but it wasn't that. It was it was so much better. It was, I mean, it was anchored, of course, by the the incredible Johnny Vaughan, who will always get a free pass from me, whatever he does now. For the you know, when some people do something consistently that's that good, like after, I mean, that's why people still love Stevie Wonder after he did. I just called to say I love you. Isn't she lovely? And Ebony and Ivory. He went through a really bad phase, but everyone was like, "Yeah, but kind of, Sir Duke, come on." I mean, he's he's a really good, talented guy. He gets a free pass. Um, and I kind of feel like, and not to say that Johnny Vaughan's done any. I mean, I don't really know what Johnny Vaughan's done since, but I mean, in that show, he was he was clearly having a whale of a time. And I I maintain that one of the most fun things you can watch anybody do is just have fun doing something it doesn't really matter what they're doing if they're having a lot of fun then that comes through um and then it also had uh, initially of course um the wonderful denise van outen um who i imagine if i watched it now might rub me up a little bit the wrong way in terms of her you know i'm just one of the lads kind of banter but at the time i found it absolutely captivating um and then later on um the i'd say equally wonderful but for slightly different reasons uh kelly brook who is you know if you're going to wake up and, and look at anybody why not have it be kelly brook um as a young as a young chap um that was i mean that was just a real treat a real treat every morning i'll be honest with you um and i in the recesses of my mind and i could research it because i'm i'm recording this on a computer that's absolutely connected to the internet um did jenny mccarthy host it at some at some point jenny mccarthy big breakfast let's have a little look she fucking did look at that jenny mccarthy as well Let's have a look. Let's do, this is a massive tangent, and it wasn't planned in any way, shape, or form. But let's just have a little. Let's just have a little read about it. Um, the Big Breakfast was launched at the end of '92. Wow! So that's um, that would obviously be bef- probably before I would have been watching it. I probably would have come in a little bit later on. The first two presenters were Chris Evans and Gabby Roslin. Do I remember them? I think I probably do. Yeah, I think I do, vaguely. I mean, they're not... Come on. I know Johnny Vaughan, but come on. It's, it, they did well. Um, former Neighbour star Mark Little replaced Evans on Mondays and Fridays. Of course he did. Yeah. And then down your doorstep, there was Keith Chegwin, Richard Orford, Mark Little. Yep, all of these people made way for Zoe Ball. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Sharon Davis. Good Lord. In June 1997, Johnny Vaughan covered for Adams for a fortnight alongside Van Outen, the pair forging a successful on-screen partnership. Adams left the programme shortly afterwards in September 97. The Vaughan and Van Outen partnership was made permanent. Yes! Audience figures stabilised and the duo fronted the programme together until Van Outen's departure on January 1st, 1999. Kelly Brook. Yes was installed uh, despite an internet campaign for the role to be awarded to Lisa Tarbuck. Now, that would have been good. That would have been good. She's uh, she's a very funny woman, uh, Lisa Tarbuck, in and of herself. This is just me reading out of my Wikipedia page. This is not fun for you at all. But um, if you 
were a watcher uh, of the Big Breakfast, do yourself a favour, go and look up some clips and just just bask in the just the glory, the glory uh, that was the Big Breakfast. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful show and a wonderful part of my life, um, and something that has not. I mean, to be fair to America, it's not just America. The UK hasn't had um, hasn't seen the likes of that again, uh, and I think that's to its detriment. Absolutely. Um, what? Why was I even fucking talking about that? TV. So there's, yeah, in terms of TV, uh, there's a lot of dross out there. And so it, it was very rare in the UK that we would watch anything other than uh, Netflix. And it's kind of the similar now. I mean, obviously now in the US we have uh, basketball, and especially at the moment with March Madness, um, which won't mean a lot to anybody who isn't in the, the US, uh, but will mean a, a, an un, an incredible amount to, to anybody who is in the US. Um, seemingly everybody is, is caught up in this. Um but yeah, it's it's now you just like we'll just chuck on Netflix. You don't need to worry about what's on TV because a nothing's on and b something better is on on Netflix. Um, it is sometimes, I mean, it seems churlish to to kind of say, but sometimes the problem is that there is too much. There is too much on. There are too many good films on. Um, in that, a lot of the time you'll spend sometimes even 10 15 minutes just reeling through shows and i i didn't even it's something that i've only uh, realized within the last few weeks or so um that because i was just going on the you know the weird kind of suggestion categories of like oh films that are set on a train oh films starring richard dreyfus you know when he had hair oh for you know just weird oddly specific um categories but um, there's even more films than those on the uh, the recommended categories. If you actually go up and go into the categories section, I suppose, um, it's incredible. There's there's so much, so much around there. And a lot of it's good, sure. And then there's four times as much dog shit on there. But good dog shit, do you know what I mean? Just like if you're interested in crappy movies, I mean, Netflix has got you covered. Don't worry about it. it and that's that's one of the joys of it, I think, because it just has so much stuff. It really runs a spectrum. I mean, I just... A little bit of uh, research for this podcast. Um, I went onto uh, Netflix, and I just went onto the categories, onto the action category, because if you're talking about crap films, there's no larger category than, than action. Um, and you really run a, a, an incredible spectrum. Um, at the top of the, the category, you've got Unforgiven, You've got Django Unchained. You've got Leon, or The Professional, whichever one it's called in your country. Uh, it's got Blade Runner. So just just like tried and tested, amazing, amazing films. And then you just you scroll down 15, 20 pages, and you get to Kidnapping Mr. Heineken, which is a film that uh, apparently uh, came out within the last few years, starring Anthony Hopkins. Who knew? And that's that's a fun thing that it's you know it kind of reminds you you know all that time that it's like oh i haven't seen um anthony hopkins in a few years he hasn't been in a film yes he has actually he's been in seven films but they've just been so bad that you haven't watched them they are the epitome of a paycheck film he's just like what's the film about i, d- I don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much you're going to pay me yeah well the, you, the character that you'd be playing how much will you be paying me Thank you very much. I will take that. Are you filming within 20 minutes walk from my home? Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, So we've got Kidnapping Mr. Heineken. Uh, We've got The Dino King, which from what I can tell from the blurb seems to be like a kind of March of the Penguins, but for dinosaurs, which is another weird thing I always think with kind of low budget films where they think, right, okay, so we haven't got a lot of money. Let's go for a really highly kind of CG heavy um, film. I think that's what's going to work best for us. Something that will really show off how little money that we have. Um, uh, and then we've also got um, my favourite and yours. And I know that you'll have you'll be thinking this one already before I've even said it. It's of course Curse of the Dragon Slayer, starring um, Daniel Chutran, uh, Richard McWilliams, and Paul D Hunt. Um, which is a film that I actually tried to look up on the IMDb, and it was quite difficult um, because it has several different names. Um, it is the uh, the Curse of the Dragon Slayer. It's also Saga colon Curse of the Shadow. Um, we've also got uh, Dragon Law colon Curse of the Shadow, and Saga colon The Shadow Cabal. Um, which I think the rule is: the more titles a film is known by, the better that it is. 
I think. Oh, we've also got Rise of the Shadow Warrior, which is the English title. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot. I mean, I take the mic, but that's also a great, you know, another great thing about Netflix. It's like this, you know, whoever these people are that have made this film, whoever, I mean, who is this, who is this directed by? Which, which titan of uh, cinema was this directed by? Um, of course, John Lyde, uh, and written by, um, the esteemed Jason Faller and Kynan Griffin. Um, but obviously, say what you will, they've made this film, they've got it made, they've got it completed, whatever, regardless of the quality of the film, it's out there, and now they're getting paid for it because Netflix have bought it. Now, I don't know how it works, whether they get money each time somebody watches it or whether they, you know, Netflix just buy it for a certain amount of time and then it just, you know, whatever the situation is, they've got money for it. And I think that's a that's a great thing that get, that gives. I mean, realistically, it, it's going to be relatives of the people who are in the film, but it gives that film's audience a chance to see it that they might otherwise struggle to do. Um, so yeah, it, and it just means that that as a as a viewer, as a movie viewer and a movie movie fan, as I hope you are, um, it just means that you have that option of really diversifying the kind of films that you watch because if you, it's just films that you might buy or films that you might um go and see or films that might show up on tv then you really i mean not limiting yourself because obviously it makes sense to go and only spend money on the films that you're fairly confident that you're going to enjoy but this just allows you to say right i rarely watch documentaries i'm going to chuck a documentary on um, and then at the end, you think, you know, that was a really good documentary. I'm incredibly depressed now about a part of the world that's incredibly fucked up that I didn't even know about before. Well done, documentary. Um, yeah, so I, I just think it's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, there's so many, um, so many positives to it. Um, it. I mean, it does make me a little bit sad that Blockbuster didn't go more down this route. I think if Blockbuster had really jumped on board the kind of Netflix-y, bandwagon blockbuster might be a thing now um as opposed to not a thing um which is the state of its being at the moment um it was one of my favorite things as a young lad um to pop round to the uh the video store um with the parents um and think oh what do i want and it just seemed like it was a, an unlimited amount of films uh, that were in there, just uh, millions upon millions of films. Like all of these films have been made. Now we see Netflix, of course, and we realise that was a, a mere, a mere sliver, a mere thin vein through the leg of uh, cinema. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of wish that Blockbuster was still alive. How did I get onto that? I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's basically my 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 kind of pitch, I suppose, for Netflix. Um, but really, the, the the best thing that I can do um, for Netflix and to, to kind of sell you on the idea of Netflix is to tell you about some of the good films um, that I've watched on Netflix. So this is going to be a hopefully um, a recurring segment um, called uh, Netflix Flicks, um, which is basically as the jingle. That's right. There's a jingle. As the jingle uh, will attest, uh, it's just about you know these are the films that I've watched. That I'm going to try and keep these to be a little bit. Outre. Um, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, watch, you know, Leon, because it's really good. I watched it on Netflix and it's really good. Everyone knows Leon's really good. Everyone knows that that is an absolute, uh, astonishingly good film. Um, you know, that's not news to anybody, but hopefully um, I'll be able to um, maybe kind of turn you on to a, a couple of films that you might not have heard of, might not have given a try otherwise. Um, so let's have a little jingle uh, and have a little chat, shall we? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Whether you've got a dick or you are a chick, here are my picks the Netflix flicks. So that's the jingle, that's it. That's the, that's the extent of it. I had remembered it better, I think. I, I thought I, I was quite pleased with that before I just listened to it then from recording it. Um, whether you've got a dick or whether you're a chick, here are my picks of the Netflix flicks. I mean, that's not bad, but then the music's weirdly kind of 70s and like it should be the, the lead-in for... Uh, kind of a 70s talk show or something um so not the best not the best i've ever done possibly not the worst i mean none of them are particularly um amazing um but we've got to live with our mistakes haven't we we've got to live with our mistakes and move on so the first song 
first song, first uh, film that we're going to be talking about. Um, of a trio, a trio of films, that's right, um, is a film called The Voices. Now, this is a film that I'd seen a, uh, a trailer for, uh, Once Upon a Time. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of trailers, so I, I like to keep up with them. Um, and I really liked it. it. It ticked a lot of boxes for me um, in terms of what I look for in a film. Um, it looked like quite a dark comedy, and I'm a big fan of dark comedies. I think um, uh, humour in the macabre, is uh, is something that's uh, often um, uh, just a, a wonderful treat, a wonderful, wonderfully naughty um, uh, distraction from the woes of everyday life. Um, it had Ryan Reynolds in it, who I'm a big fan of. It had Anna, Anna Kendrick in it, who I'm a big fan of. It had Gemma Arterton in it, who I'm a big fan of. Um, so cast-wise and subject matter-wise, it was on point. It seemed like it was you know, quite a nice tone to it. And I'm pleased to announce uh, and report um, that when I actually watched the film, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I do, I'm do. i a fan of Reynolds. I think he is... I mean, I'm a fan of him sexually. I, I will put that out. Um, uh, but I do think he does good films um, as well. Generally, obviously, we, you know, we're all up for a bit uh, for a couple of stinkers. Um, he gets a lot of uh, credit for me, obviously, because he's he's Deadpool. He's Deadpool. He's Deadpool. It's very good. And he's also in Smoking Aces, which is uh, genuinely one of my favourite films of all time. Uh, yes, that Smoking Aces. Um, I, I say that Smoking Aces. A lot of you. Probably not even heard of uh, heard of the film. Never, not aware of its existence. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a good film. I'd heartily recommend that as well. Uh, although I'm not sure whether that's on Netflix. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the voices. But Ryan Reynolds is good, um, and I think he he commits well to the parts that he's in. He he does pretty well. Um, and this is this is no different. He plays kind of a. Uh, maybe a bit of a simpleton, I suppose. Um, a, a guy who's got quite a few uh, psychoses. Um, in that he owns a dog and a cat, um, and he imagines them both talking to him. Uh, both the dog and the cat are voiced by Ryan Reynolds. The dog in a kind of um, appropriately kind of stupid. It's kind of a deep Southy kind of hey there, how you doing there, Robert? Kind of a goofyish kind of voice, uh, which works well because it's one of those big kind of slobber dogs. Um, and the cat is voiced in a Scottish accent, presumably because Ryan Reynolds thought, yep, I can do a Scottish accent, let's do that. Um, and uh, the cat essentially tries to talk Ryan Reynolds into murdering people, the inference being that he has murdered people before. Um, and the cat tries to make him do it again. Will he do it? Who knows? Well, yeah, he does. Uh, it was revealed in the trailer, but I'm not going to reveal too much if you haven't seen the trailer here. Um that he does murder. I'm not going to say who he murders, um, but I will say also in the film, Gemma Arterton. Um, now, she's she's an actress, and I had, I had a little look at her um, Wikipedia um, because I wasn't sure what I'd seen her in before, if anything. And I kind of feel like what I'd seen her in before was just um, kind of big action-y fare. Like, she was in Clash of the Titans, uh, and she was in um, uh, The Prince of Persia, um, film um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, where Jake, Gy- you know, that one where Jake Gyllenhaal played a guy from Persia. Um, she was also in Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, which was not a good film, but I kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of crappy and fun. Um, she was also in Quantum of Solace, but so uh, she's a Bond girl, but not in a good Bond film, which is a bit of a shame. But I, I mean, I don't really remember her that much in it. Um, so I haven't really seen her in anything quote-unquote good she was in Rock and Roller and I do like Rock and Roller I think that's a very good film um, but again I don't really remember her although is she, is she kind of slutty and stupid in that maybe yeah so I haven't really seen her on anything particularly good I suppose um, but I would like to see uh, Byzantium where she's a, a vampire uh, I think that would be quite good um, and then there was that Runner Runner film with was that with Justin Trousersnake, yes. Um, and Ben Affleck, where it was all very kind of glitzy and glamorous. Um, yeah, so I haven't really seen her in much that's particularly good, but she's always been pretty good. And I, uh, on a personal level, um, I saw her once at uh, a Kings of Leon gig that I went to. Uh, one of the only gigs that I've been to in my life. Um, and I got to go backstage um, for, for some reason and uh, into the kind of celebrity bit. Saw Howard Donald of Take That Fame saw, I believe, 
who I believe to be one of the Jonas brothers, because he was there with some rather sizable uh, bodyguards, uh, and Gemma Arterton, and she was just standing there on her own, just looking at her phone, and she was uh, very lovely looking. And at the time, I was uh, I was unattached, and I just thought, you know what, I should go and talk to her. But then, of course, I chickened out and didn't. But um, yeah, so I could be married to Gemma Arterton right now, and sick of it, much happier to be married to my wife, because she is better than Gemma Arterton in every conceivable fashion. And I'll go on record as saying that. I'll say that to Gemma Arterton's face. I'll slap her in the face and tell her that, stupid bitch. Um, no, I'm sure she's lovely. Um, yeah, so I haven't really seen her in that much good stuff. But she, she's in this and she's good. She's good in this. She plays kind of the bitchy girl at work that Ryan Reynolds in love with. Um, and she's not very nice to him. And I, she, she plays that pretty well. So well done her. Uh, and then Anna Kendrick, who I am a big fan of. Again, sexually. Um but also in films, but my wife brought up the good point the other day about, um, of like, why do you like her so much? What films has she been in that you've really liked her in? And I couldn't really answer it, aside from, uh, of course, Up in the Air, which is a, a tremendous film, uh, and that she's tremendous in. That was the kind of the first introduction. I guess that's, a, that's maybe key to it. That it's like, well, if you're, you know, if you make a good introduction to, to, to somebody, if the first thing that you see somebody in is good then maybe that gives them a little bit of credit moving forward, even when they are in some not such uh, good stuff. So yeah, I saw her in Up in the Air. That was very, very good. She's in Scott Pilgrim, which is good in, but she's, it's a pretty small part. Um, and I think, because yeah, what else did we see her in that she wasn't particularly good in? When Pitch Perfect, she was a bit annoying because she was like, oh my God, I'm the cool, like, uh, Drinking Buddies, she was all right in. Um, what else? There are other things. Uh, she was in Cake that I didn't particularly like her in um, and yeah we'd just seen a couple of things and I was like why do you like her what are the good films that she's been in and I can tell you with confidence now they are up in the air um, they are 50-50 which is a very very good film with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen um, where she's very very good in that and very uh, entertaining and I think uh, she was quite charming and I was crushing on her a little bit when I saw her in uh, What to Expect When You're Expecting which, uh, why did I watch that? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, she was good in that. She was good in that. Um, and I, I just think she has that nice kind of, I don't know, she, she just has a nice vibe about her, I think, a nice normalish vibe. She's good at playing normal, um, which is uh, not, not a skill that every actor or actress has. Um, so well done her for that. And I think she's good in this as well. She's good in this. Um... Uh, yeah, so it's a good cast. It's a good cast. It's, it gets a little bit grisly at times, a little bit grisly, as the subject matter would suggest. Um, it gets a little bit sad at times as well. It kind of delves into Ryan Reynolds and why he's uh, a little bit effed up, um, which is, yeah, it's it's pretty effed up why he's effed up. Um, but And it, it, I don't know, it lost me... A li- I'm, I don't want to make this as a spoiler thing because obviously I want you to see the film. Um, but for me, it lost me a little bit at the end but then it pulled me back at the very end I thought uh, it's kind of petering out a little bit as a lot of these films tend to do I kind of feel like when it's a kind of not necessarily an indie film but a, a kind of a smaller film with a bit more of an interesting premise it can start off well and you know you can be carried along by the premise and then it kind of tails off and kind of goes out with a bit of a whimper as opposed to a it fades out as opposed to burns out or fades away rather um but this one, and this one was kind of headed towards that a little bit for me. Um, but then it just kicked it up into fifth gear at uh, the very, very end of it. So stick with it. If you watch it and you're thinking, oh, this is getting a little bit whatever, stick with it. Um, because, it, yeah, it ends up on a, a truly wonderful note um, that kind of brings it all around. It's logical without being uh, unfulfilling. Because uh, the logical end to the film, which is kind of how it ends up anyway, is how you would expect it to end and how you kind of feel like it would be unrealistic if it didn't end like this. But then it has a kind of an extra, almost like an epilogue, I suppose, um, that is, uh, yeah, makes it makes it a thoroughly thoroughly pleasing watch to leave. Um, so, yeah, uh, the voices, Ryan Reynolds, Anna Kendrick, Gemma Arterton, uh, I think it was directed by a woman. Good Lord, was it directed by a woman, Daniel? I don't know, Daniel. Let's have a little look. Um, where are we? Where are we? The voices. It was directed by Marjane Satrapi. So there we go. She is uh, a woman. 
uh, an Iranian woman. There we go. She directed Persepolis. Fucking hell. Who knew that? So, yeah, a bit of a departure from Persepolis, but it's, it's a wonderful film. Go and watch it. Find it on Netflix. Give it a watch and uh, report back to me, please. Thoughts and feelings, whether you agree, whether you disagree, how sexy Ryan Reynolds is, just, just let me know what you thought. Next up, the next film we're gonna be talking about uh, is The Joneses. Um, the Joneses is a film starring, who have we got? We've got uh, David Duchovny straight off, so that should, that should sell you on it immediately. Immediately. Um, it's got uh, da, 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 da. it's got Demi Moore, it's got Amber Heard, um, it's got Gary Cole, and it's got some other people. It's got some other people as well, um, and it's good. It's good. It's um, I really. It's a difficult one to talk about because it's a film that I think the less you know about it going in, the better it's going to be. I saw a trailer for it. Um, before I saw the film um, that, that kind of turned me onto it. I was like, ooh, this looks like a quite good film. But I kind of feel like had I not seen that trailer beforehand, as my wife hadn't seen, um, I kind of feel like where the story goes and what the story's really kind of about is um, if that's just kind of sprung upon you, I think that's going to be a more pleasurable uh, viewing experience. But, I mean, the, the, the basic the basic plot, as much as I'm going to give you, is a family move into a suburban neighbourhood. That's it, really. That's it. And you get kind of a sense that there's something not quite right with them. You get the sense that something's going on, but hopefully you won't guess uh, what is actually going on with them. And uh, it gets to some weird places before it's really revealed, uh, and then gets some interesting and kind of logical places until afterwards. It's a very good premise for a film. Uh, it's really interesting. Um, the ending, again, like with the voices, with a film that has a good premise, I think it's difficult for that to kind of sustain it right until the very end, and it does. The ending is a little bit disappointing, a little bit predictable, I think. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily earned Maybe I would say that. I think it's not necessarily earned. Um, but I don't know how much of that is because I genuinely don't think it's earned or whether how much of it is down to the fact that I really like Duchovny. Um I think like Anna Kendrick, I think he's he's got a good line. Like, he really doesn't seem like he's acting. He's got that very kind of natural, very easygoing, very relaxed kind of way about him um that works really well for this and i really dislike demi Moore. i think she's not very good in this at all um i haven't really seen her in anything else that i can say well you know but in other films she's good uh, i think the only film that i've seen her in is uh striptease which i saw as i when i was a young man so as you can probably imagine i didn't watch a lot of the film just a few key scenes um and aside from that yeah i can uh, G.I. Jane, I didn't see. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. I haven't seen that. Um, Disclosure, Indecent Proposal. A Few Good Men. I suppose those are the, the kind of big ones. Ghost, I haven't seen either, which is maybe... Um, maybe a bit of a burn on me. But yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of her, I don't think, from seeing this film. I, I just don't think she's particularly good. Amber Heard's in it. She's the daughter. Um, and I... Again, with her, I haven't really seen a lot that she's done. Um, I haven't seen a lot that she's been in. Um, but she does seem to be a kind of a... A kind of a... Megan Foxy kind of person in that she's just sexy. I mean, she's obviously an attractive girl. Um, and I think she's she's good at playing. And a, like a kind of crazy, sexy kind of person. Um, I don't know whether that necessarily makes her good or what, but um, she's she's all right in this. She she plays her part pretty well in this. And um, for me, the kind of the the kind of on the sly MVP. I think the MVP is Duchovny. I think he carries the film very well. Uh, but Gary Cole, um, who is he's been in a lot of stuff. You'll definitely know him. He was in Pineapple Express. Uh, he's in Office Space. He's the, if you could just go ahead and do that, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, Talladega Nights he's in uh, what other stuff 
He's in a lot of TV stuff. Special Agent Hawley in uh, Archer. If you watch Archer, and if you don't, you probably give it a try. Give it a try. It's really good. Um, oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, you you know who he is. Fuck off. You know who he is. I'm not going to give you any more information than that. But he basically plays their neighbour that they move in next door to. Um, and his story, his little kind of subplot is uh, very well done. Very well done. And leads to the most powerful part of the film. Um yeah, that really kind of stands out, definitely. It's uh, very, very good indeed. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult one because I don't really want to tell you too much about it because I think the less you know, the, the more enjoyable it will be going in. Um, but it is a very good film. Um, don't let Demi Moore put you off. Um, you can kind of get past her. It's a good enough film to, to endure her. Um, just just stick with Duchovny, you know? He's, uh, he, he, you know, Duchovny ain't going to leave you. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to carry you through. Um, so yeah, give it a watch again. Just let me know if you want. Let me know what you thought. And if you didn't, then, you know, the other things. Uh, but the Joneses, the Joneses, seek it out. Give it a watch. It's uh, well worth an hour and a half of your time. Now, the last one we're going to be talking about is, um, I would argue possibly the least well-known or the worst known, I don't know what the uh, the opposite of well-known is, um, film of them all. It's called The Little Death. Um, now, I'm a big fan of um, sex, of course. I mean, everybody loves having sex. I mean, that's that's kind of the point of it. But um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm interested in it. It interests me in a, a kind of analytical sense as well. Like, what, you know, that everybody's got their own weird little things, their own kind of sexual fingerprint of what they like, the the sheer um, unfathomable breadth of pornography out there is is constantly mind bending, um, and this is a film that really explores that. So it's it's kind of right up my alley, if you pardon the expression, because um, the little death uh, is a euphemism, um, I think translated into French or something. I don't know um, for orgasm. Um, and basically, it's it's an Australian film. Hey, stay with it. Stay with it. I know that it's an Australian film, but come on, it's give it a chance. Give it a chance, just because most of the Australian people you've met in your life have been rather boorish, okay? Just because they've been rather, a little bit loud, a little bit obnoxious, doesn't mean that you can judge an entire country based on that, okay? That's, that's something that I truly believe. Um, it's an Australian film. Written and directed and featuring, I wouldn't say starring, but featuring uh, a chap called Josh Lawson. So well done him. It's a, a, a fantastic uh, achievement for him. Um, all about, it's like a kind of Love Actually-ish kind of thing, like a, a multi, multi-story multi narrative, I suppose. Um, it's like about five, is it five? Yeah, five um, couples uh, exploring sexuality. Uh, exploring um, different aspects of sexuality, different um, fetishes, I suppose, uh, that people can have. And um, they're often pretty weird, or even with ones that are a bit more normal, um, it kind of makes them weird and adds a bit of a weird twist to it. Um, It's really funny, really, really funny. I I laughed a lot. I laughed um, to the point of, Tearage, which for me I don't think is as much of a statement as for other people. I I, um, I, I go to tears quite quickly uh, when it comes to comedy, when it comes to laughter. Um, but it was one of those real good, real enjoyable, like life affirming, your entire body shaky kind of laughs, um, which was great. Uh, it really, um, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Um, but yeah, it's performed well. It's acted well. I think it's none of it's acted in a way that is too kind of showy, um, in a way that, that I think, cause it's a, it's a film about the story. It's not an actor's film. It's a story film. And I think all of the actors, work well with that in terms of, well, we're just get, we're going to do what's necessary to tell the story. We're not going to try and, you know, I'm not going to try and force the the attention to be on me. This is going to be, you know, and I need to do what I can do to, to further the story. And I think they do that very, very well. I think it's written well. I think the multi-story thing, like jumping back and forward um, between them all, uh, means that it's it's a very easy watch. I mean, that's why it works so well for your kind of, your love actuallys and your uh, all of the other you know 
New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day and Paris I Love You, all of these kind of bollocks. Um, it's, you know, whether they're good or whether they're bad, they're very easy watches um, because there's always something new. There's always, you know, you never get, you don't have enough time to get bored. Um, and there's not really a, a kind of, I feel like sometimes in these kind of films, there's one that is a bit of a letdown or a couple that are a bit of a letdown. You've got your favourite one and you want to just kind of watch that story, but the other ones come in and you're like, oh, right, I've just got to go through this to, to get to the good one. I kind of felt like in this one there wasn't really, I mean, obviously there's better ones and not so good ones, but there wasn't a really uh, a weak link, I suppose. So it's all it's all enjoyable, it's all fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it kind of uh, opens the door, opens your eyes, opened my eyes. Um, to uh, some different fetishes that I'd never, uh, if you pardon the expression, come across before. Um, yeah, and I think it, it works better in that because it's Australian, because it's not a huge film, it, it's it's unknown, but it's people that you've never seen before. I do like watching films like that kind of every once in a while. I do, I do, I think that that brings a, a certain extra quality to it, especially when it's yeah a story based. Um, film it allows you to, to dive into it a little bit easier um, and yeah it all kind of wraps it up quite nicely at the end there's some justice served um, there's some stories that end happily some stories that don't end happily um, but yeah it was just thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable um, it was one of the most enjoyable film watching experiences I've had um, in, in a while um, which is great and lovely to because this I hadn't seen a trailer for I hadn't um, uh, I picked it based just on the Netflix kind of description of it and I thought oh it's a bit sexy let's give it a watch um, and was massively pleasantly surprised so I think this is this is the biggest advert that I can um, you know if I'm looking to, to give adverts for um, for Netflix this is the biggest one that I can give because this was just based on Netflix I hadn't seen anything about this film before I just put it on chanced it um, which can be risky. I will say that vis-a-vis Netflix. Um, I have, on a couple of occasions, tried to watch a film. And especially like if you're just watching a film on your own and a film doesn't work out, you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. It's a couple of hours of my life that I'll never get back. But I'll, I'll, I can deal with it. I can live with it. But then when it's when the wife's involved and it's like, I've wasted her evening as well. And that's and she, you know she's going to bring it back and you know have a go at you about it. Um but yeah, so uh, so sometimes a bit risky. But this was, you know, I rolled the dice and it came up sexy. So um, yeah, uh, of, I think of all of the films, um, of the Joneses and of the Voices um, and the Little Death, I'd say give the Little Death um, a watch. Um, I, th- I think it'll be very very much worth your time, and it might open your eyes to a, a fetish that you've thought, Do you know what, I've never even considered that before, but I find that really sexy. Um, and if it does, good luck to you. Let me know how it goes. Pictures mainly. So this is the weird thing that I was... The reason that I was talking about... Um, wanted to talk about Netflix um, is because uh, Daredevil Season 2's come out uh, and I've started watching it and I friggin' love it and I wanted to talk about that and all the kind of Marvel stuff that's going on with Netflix and whatnot. Um, but we just bloody run out of time, haven't we? We're almost 45 minutes in. Uh, and I still, oh, God, silver bronze to do. God, good Lord. Um, so, yeah, that's going to have to be for another episode, you lucky little swines. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go for a, uh, a gold, silver, bronze uh, and it's going to be... It's, it's, I think in your heart of hearts, you know what this gold, silver, bronze is going to be. It's got nothing to do with Netflix, um, but it was based on a diversion from uh, earlier in the episode. So uh, yeah, let's have a jingle. Let's have a bloody gold, silver, bronze. This is going to alienate a lot of you who didn't watch the show initially, but I don't care. So the uh, gold, silver, bronze uh, for this week has to be, it has to be, there's nothing else I could be, it has to be the big breakfast. Um, It has to be uh, my top three favourite features uh, from the big breakfast. It's obviously just a big uh, slab of nostalgia. And if if you weren't a fan um, of the big breakfast uh, back in the day, for whatever reason, this is likely to go right over your head. But hopefully... Hopefully, you are a fan of it, uh, and you're getting bored. This uh, this uh, the show's particular brand of whimsy. Um, 
It was yeah, it was a wonderful show. It was a wonderful show. It was it was very possibly the greatest breakfast show that there has ever been. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and the great thing is because it was really old, and there's lots of you know lots of time has passed between then and now. Um, I'm just going to play a load of clips from it and uh, and and bully to the consequences um, because it's 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 really fun. Uh, just as an example, just as an example of the kind of hijinks, the kind of slightly risque hijinks that they got up to. Um, here we go with uh, Denise Van Outen um, reading out a uh, who's won a competition uh, that Johnny Vaughan has uh, kind of tricked her with a little bit. Let's have a listen. Thank you very much indeed, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Now, Simon. Denise got the competition winner. Who's won the competition today, Denise? And um, what have they won first of all? They've won a games console, yeah, computer like equipment, go on, go on. We're not, we're not. ergonomic chair. Yeah. Uh, Mr. P. Nurse of Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! This whole segment will be brought to you by rose tinted glasses. Because if you again, if you're not a fan of the Big Breakfast, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be entertaining in the slightest for you. Not gonna be entertaining. Um, but yeah, if you are, then hopefully it's yeah allows you to uh, live a, live a little bit of your youth again. A little bit of your youth. So gold, silver, bronze. Let's do it. It's um, bronze medal. A little bit of a controversial one because it's a, a classic favourite. Uh, it's the Friday song. Now the Friday song was, uh, as the name suggests, sung every Friday. Uh, at the end of the show uh, and it kind of uh, summarised some uh, events that had happened throughout the week uh, news events or sometimes events on the show um, all to the always to the same tune um, the reason that it's so low because everybody loves a sing song it's great to have a sing song and especially with a piano and everybody getting involved and it had all the guests from Friday's show um, cascading down the uh, standing on the stairs it was a wonderful 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 kind of joyous moment um, the reason that it's only in bronze is one I never never really got to watch it um, live they would uh, sometimes make reference to it on uh, other days if like the last Friday show was particularly good or what have you or if I was off from school uh, that was always a little bit of a treat because you get to watch the because it was on just before nine o'clock and school starts at nine so do you know what I mean um, the reason it's so low is yeah I, I didn't really get to see it all that often um, and this is obviously a, an intensely personal experience for me it's, it's not objective it's, it's, it's not subjective no it is objective it is subjective. Um, yeah, and also that it went on too long. It was three verses for it, which I think is a little bit too much. Um, but I'll, I'll only play one for you now because it's, um, yeah, three verses is maybe going on. Uh, it's taking the mic a little bit. But, um, yeah, this is the Friday show, the Friday song, always sung at the end of the Friday show. Um, and, uh, yeah, just wonderful, but only for the one verse. Right now it's time for Harry to take it away with our Friday song. Thank you, yeah. Harry. It's got a quick second line there. Right. Oh, Kate Winslet's secret wedding hit the news. The plan to marry in the summer was a ruse. Though the honeymoon's a mystery going on a recent history, it's a safe that it won't involve a ruse. Wonderful. Hopefully that will be in your head uh, for the rest of this day, as uh, I'm very confident it will be in mine. Um, so yeah, just a, a lovely rollicking way to end, uh, to end a show, to end a week. Everybody singing along, lovely bit of piano. Um, all very lovely, all very wonderful. Um, bronze medal, the Friday song. Silver medal, um, we're going to something that's a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more um, uh, idiosyncratic rather, um, is the pun down. Uh, now the pun down they, they used to go through the, the papers every morning um, with the front page of a newspaper often held by one of their celebrity guests or just somebody that they liked um, and then afterwards uh, Johnny Vaughan um, a noted pun enthusiast as myself um, would go through the best puns uh, so the best kind of pun headlines um, of the newspapers uh, that day uh, explain enough of the story to allow you to get all the every element of the pun uh, and then let it rip uh, just a very simple game um, but a wonderful one and as I say some, for someone like myself who is uh, a huge fan um, of puns uh, and punnery uh, and usage of 
puns, um, it was a great way to start the day uh, and something that I very much enjoyed. So let's have a little bit um, of a pun down. Um, this one with uh, the wonderful Lisa Tarbuck. It's the pun down of the week. Uh, we, we need to stand for the first two. Really? No, we'll just let, let, let Vicky in on the last one because it gets a bit tired. It's too near Jeff and his, his that woman. His shirt. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, oh, that's his wife. <laughs> I know it's his wife. Johnny. From today's star story, a builder gives up the day job to become a full-time artist. What can it possibly? What can it? Do? Did you know this is from today's star? Uh, the pun says, <laughs> Brickasso. <laughs> Jeff, keep the woman back. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Monday's Sun story. A member of McDonald's staff hits a child. <laughs> See, I, I think this, you know what I mean? There used to be an era when literally I spent every day just getting cuffed. First 12 years of my life, just strangers, passers by, just cuff you in the street. <laughs> Did you say something? I'd say something, you know, rude or something in a supermarket. It's just a stranger. We can't go, shut up, poof. <laughs> just yeah, cuff you. Mean garden Didn't harm me. Door, yeah, the gardener cuffed you. Exactly right. You said you said adults just squeeze your head as hard as possible. <laughs> Seriously? You just squeeze your head and pick you up by the head. Did you ever have that? No. Didn't you ever have that? No, never. And then it let you down and get your ruler and just go poof like that. Did you ever have that? Never harm me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is some. From. Uh, anyway, it's a member of McDonald's staff has hit a child. It's b bad news there from McDonald's, I'm sure, but the, the pun says. Big Smack and, and uh, cries. cries. Big Smack oh. and Cries. Good. Not Big Mac and Fries. Yeah. Big Smack and Cries. Nice. Um, do you think it is nice? That's a good pun. It's a good pun, isn't it? Oh, back me up. It's good. What's number one? Do you want number one? Do you want the number one? Do you really want to just save it after the break? No. Now! 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 If I catch you lifting it, I'll saw your legs right off. <laughs> Here we go. This is from yesterday's star of the story. A cat gets stuck <laughs> in a dustbin lorry. Oh, hello. Yeah, a cat gets stuck in a dust cart. You remember the pub from yesterday? It's genius. Great pub. The pun says... <laughs> Let me out! <laughs> genius. That is genius is. right there. So simple, yet genius went on a bit I'll be honest longer than uh, logic said it probably should have done or that I should have let it go on um, but I you know it's, it's all the banter it's all the banter that I miss as well so uh, I just put it in and you know fuck you frankly you know it's, it's this is wonderful this is a wonderful time for me I'm having a whale of a time um, so yeah pun down um, and pun and later on pun of the week um, a, a great a great addition to any morning um, and something that I you know I wish someone would do for me again one day uh, fingers crossed uh, honourable mentions now uh, as is as is the order of things honourable mentions egg on your face now this is a this is a little game um, from the earlier days um, of Big Breakfast um, the Chris Evans days uh, which are the ones that I don't necessarily remember consciously as much as the Johnny Vaughan days because uh, Vaughan did revolutionise my life in a, in a great many ways um, but it was from the, the Chris Evans days and the reason that it's getting on here is basically a, a game whereby there was a bit of video footage of a celebrity and they would animate an egg kind of mostly covering their face and then that you know you'd be able to guess whose face it was fairly easy fairly straightforward um but the reason that it's got onto this list is, as an honourable mention, is because I still remember the, the the theme song. Egg on your face, egg on your face, egg on your face. That would, whenever I hear the phrase, someone's got egg on their face, that song still lurches from the recesses of my mind uh, into the very forefront and oftentimes out of my mouth. Um, and for, for latching onto my memories that 
with that kind of vice-like grip has to be has to be an honourable mention egg on your face uh, and then also from my shed son now this is a, a thing where Johnny Vaughan would go into an actual shed uh, and talk with noted uh, British inventor Mr Trevor Bayliss who um, who invented amongst other things um, the wind-up radio I'm sure he invented other things, but that's the, that's the most notable thing, uh, and obviously a wonderful invention because it allows, uh, as the advert showed at least, uh, allows people in areas without electricity to listen to the radio. So well done, uh, well done, Trevor. And basically, uh, Johnny Vaughan and Trevor Bayliss would just go into a shed and talk about some various kind of gadgety inventions that had come out recently. Very simple premise. Um, but Trevor Bayliss was uh, a little bit kooky. Johnny Vaughan enjoyed taking the mick out of him. It was all very light-hearted and fun, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, honourable mention from me, Shedson. Which leads us inexorably to uh, the gold medal. And for me, there can only be one gold medal when we're talking about um, uh, segments on The Big Breakfast. It's, of course, Vital Statistics, uh, whereby uh, Johnny Vaughan would take a... Uh, a new story from that day uh, and give us f- several related statistics. Again, like the pun thing, very much suited to me. I'm a big fan of statistics. I've got a bit of a sticky brain uh, and I love it when uh, when you can be told something you're like, ooh, hello, I didn't know that. That's locked in. That's that's a nice bit of interest, a nice bit of extra knowledge about the world that I have that I didn't have before. Um, so yeah, uh, very, very enjoyable. Um, am I going to make you listen to some of it? Of course I am. Absolutely. Uh, related vital statistics, ladies and gentlemen. Vital statistics, they're watching. You know, vital statistics wherever you go. God, something crept up my head there, like it's leaving my body. Do you always wrap your television in tinfoil at night. Oh, really? Always. If you don't, one word if you don't, naive. Okay. Step one amount of money spent on surveillance in Britain each year. I think it's getting bigger myself. What do you reckon? Each year? Uh, come on, come on, come okay, on. Okay, five million pounds. Oh. Five million pounds. Oh. Gil, what, what do you think? Gil? Uh, about 15 million, I think. Uh, about 15 million. About 15 million. About 15 million. Oh, sure, go take, go take a pound. Ken, I... That's a bad number. Ken. Long time. 650 million. 650 million. That's a devil. St Harriet's Ambulance Service, what do you think? Fifty-eight million. Fifty-eight it's million pounds. Gang of lads, what do you think? Sixty-nine million. Hey! Are you all right, gang of lads? Yes. What do you think of Sturdy? No, she's been having nightmares. Who's Sturdy? Yes. That's yes. <laughs> about the gang of lads. Yes, definitely. Coming out of Don't never fear the gang of lads. Remember, the whole thing's based around the fact they're fr- frightened of women. That's the whole point of Gang of Lads. <laughs> Just kidding, lads. I know you're not. I know you're legendary swordsman, the lot of you. OK, here we go. <laughs> Do you know, they, they guess it, it's actually five billion pounds on surveillance equipment. Oh, billion? Five billion. billion. That's yeah. British That's billion as well. Fact. That's 5,000 million. Ooh, Unbelievable. Number of times the average British city dweller is caught on closed-circuit television Every oh, day. That is average. If you're living in a city, how many times? This is frightening stats. 35 times a day. 35 times. I'm going to go to George. George, what do you reckon? Uh, I reckon 22. 22 oh. times. 22. Uh, the, the voice of Koala. The Friday loony. What do you think, Mick? 30. 30. 30. Um, <laughs> Phil, you're chairing a conference on Europe. What, what do you think? I think about 40. More. About 40, 40 times a day. Oh. Wait a second, wait a second. Linton's trying to make some sense of the madness. Loads of cameras in one place. I reckon about 300. Uh, Linton again. Uh, Stephen, what do you think? Linton's in the right ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not as bad. 20. <laughs> <laughs> and 40. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for bringing some maturity to the uh, Number of times, the average British city dweller is caught on closed circuit television every day. Do you know what? It's 400. No, 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 no. 400 every day. There are currently a million closed circuit TV cameras in Britain today. We have the highest ratio per person to camera in the whole world. Uh, do you know what we cry? We cry, SPY CARAMBA! Stat 2, percentage of private emails sent at work that are monitored by British companies. Oh, now that's Private emails actually monitored. What do you think? Well, you shouldn't really be writing them, should you? 40%. And it is a percentage you want Percentage, here. yeah, okay, the percentage I'm of the actual say, emails. I'm going to say 65%. 65% is not bad. Phil, what do you reckon? I reckon it's, it's lower. I reckon it's about 35%. Yeah. Okay. Is there a lot of private emails that go around ITN? A lot of people private emailing each other? 
Uh, I don't know, because they're private. No, come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. Oh, no. It's a You're good a answer. House. It's an intelligent answer. It's the sort of answer I'd expect from the chairman. Uh -huh. <laughs> but what do, you, what do you think, Phil? What percentage? Come on. I don't know, about 35. 35% oh, over there. Oh, oh. Um, let's go to Stevie, the presenter's favourite. 99%. Oh, Stevie, oh. I'd love to say you're right, but you're not, mate. Uh, it's 50%, ladies and gentlemen. Half private emails are actually monitored by British companies. Percentage of all emails and faxes sent that are monitored by British security. Ooh, and that's... faxes as well. Ooh. Wow, that annoys me. I send a lot of secret stuff down the fax. I know you do. Always. I never stop. Fax. I, I'm going to say 87 percent. Do you know what? You're very. I'm just saying now, Lisa is very near. Uh, you reckon 88? Yeah, thank you. So you. Cable casual. You're, you're looking like you know, you're going to hit someone any second. <laughs> <laughs> it's been described as needless and explosive early morning violence. <laughs> About 67. 83. 67, you mugs. <laughs> 67, you pathetic mugs. John, it's 90%. Is it? 90% of all emails and faxes sent and monitored by British... We cry. And stat three, this is just a quickie for you. Number of computer data files that are held on British citizens. That frightens me, you know, the amount of secret files that are... Do you know what? When I signed on last, which is years ago, there were two screens worth of information on me. Mm. And when I said, might I have a look at that? And as she turned away, I've got my finger through the grill to try and whip the screen out. Wow, you're in a good area there. <laughs> hey, grill. Johnny, I'm not flesh. <laughs> All right. But she wouldn't let me read it. And I was actually, I felt, I thought, if I'd had a bamboo, I'd have poked her in the eye. Through the grill. There's a lesson there. There is. So you go in somewhere, they might have a computer. <laughs> Stick a bamboo. That's all you need. Down the side of your trousers. Absolutely. Take to your yeah. leg. Take to your leg. <laughs> whip it up. Bang! Oh. Through the grill. <laughs> oh, no. Good tip, Lisa. Thanks very much. Good, good, good tip on getting people's eyes out. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, uh, kids. <laughs> number of computer data files that are held on British citizens, I tell you now, it's two billion. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing citizens, what, 55 million of us? That's right. Of which, what, you know, uh, 45 million are over 16. Wow, do you think monitoring? It's just Ooh, alarming. It's gone mad, hasn't it? Because they're going to think, what do we but want? That's Information. That's a paranoid sort of situation, isn't it? When, what are they doing with it? I don't know. Are they finding murderers? I don't know. Why did I get knocked back from Marks and Spencer's car the other day? You I did. don't know. <laughs> Marks and Sparks knocked you back. Um, no, I did. I sent off for like, no wonder Marks and Spencer's are in trouble. <laughs> I think, what do you have to what do you have to earn? I'm not saying I'm particularly flash, but I'm alright. I didn't get I'm thinking, well, who, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, who's there? Who gets a credit rating then? <laughs> Have you got one, Dave? Yeah, got one. Well, there we go. Oh, no, but that's because you're a gangster. That's because you're a gangster. That's because you're a criminal on the side. Everyone knows that, Dave. You run, Harpenden. Is it Dave? Percentage of those files that are not run by an official governmental body. So there's two billion files. But these aren't even, you know, we give information out, and it turns out they're not even being held by the government. They're just, just some bloke. Just, just those aircraft hangers. Full of people with computers like that. Who you call up? 80%. What do you reckon? 94%. 94%. It's very good. Mark from the Family of the Week, um, the X Files enthusiast. This is right up your street. I'm All, sure. of All, All of them. All of them. Well, actually, no, you, you've gone a bit X-Far mad there, mate. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, but it's very near. You're the nearest. It's not quite an hallelujah. It's a, it's a partial hallelujah. Can sound do that? 99. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Percentage of those files that are not run by an official governmental body is 99.6 percent, ladies and gentlemen. These are very. I'm hoping um, when I go into the big breakfast chat forum this afternoon, there's going to be a lot of conversation about this so uh, on the do? web. I generally Fridays I tend to look in what, there. Yeah. What's your handle? Sometimes I go in as the snowman. Government databases. The rest of us are devoted. The rest, the rest are devoted to direct marketing and junk mail. We cry. Junk mailissimo. And that's the end of today's data-related vinyl statistics. Hope you enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Wonderful. And what's been alluded to there uh, a little bit with the with the partial hallelujah um, is that if somebody got uh, a, a guess dead on, then they'll get an hallelujah. If they <laughs> and this is my favourite part of it, if they wildly overshot um, the the guess, 
um, uh, and thus making the actual statistics seem less impressive by comparison, then they were forced to go outside, oftentimes on a, a cold, wintry morning, uh, and sit on the steps of woe uh, outside, which would be um, accompanied by the song Steps of Woe, hey, Steps of Woe, Steps of... These things. I haven't watched this show in God knows, God knows how many years. I mean, it hasn't been on for 15 um, and I haven't watched it since uh, longer than that. So, you know, towards the end, you, know, you kind of tail off. Um, but these things just stay in your memory. It was such a wonderful show. Um, so, yeah, vital statistics, absolutely a gold medal. Bronze medal. Uh, yeah, what do we have? Bronze medal. We had the Friday song. Silver medal, the pun down or pun of the week, uh, and gold, we have vital statistics. Uh, it's a wonderful show, um, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, even like a third as much as I have uh, this trip down memory lane because it has been um, thoroughly enjoyable um, for me. I'm going to leave you um, in the very capable hands of the uh, main theme uh, of the Big Breakfast. Um, and please, somebody in TV land, um, bring this back. Bring it back. God help us bring this back. Uh, although, would it work without Johnny Vaughan? Fuck it. Bring Johnny Vaughan back. Who cares? Big breakfast. Bring it back. Glorious. <laughs> Glorious, glorious, glorious. Um, so yeah, that that brings us to the end of this uh, particular uh, episode of Dancast. Thank you so much for for listening to this um, to this end. Uh, there will be yeah, obviously another one coming up. Um, it's maybe more appropriate to do talk about the Marvel Netflix shows once I've watched the most recent one. So I'm like three episodes in so far for Daredevil season two. It's pretty banging already. Uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, but yeah, so you can look forward to that. But until I speak at you, uh, I uh, talk into your ear holes uh, again. Get Netflix, watch Netflix, um, watch The Big Breakfast clips on YouTube uh, and be a kind human being. Be nice to each other. Cheers. <laughs>